The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, thank you for joining on The Sky's the Limit. This is Karen Levitt, and I have the uh, pleasure to be joined with my guest, John Davis. And a little bit about John. He's an internationally known comedian, author, and action hero. As an international entertainer, John has traveled extensively throughout the world, speaking to audiences of all ages and backgrounds in 28 countries and over 4,000 live performances. John encourages his audience to set and reach their highest potential and is often invited back as a peak performance coach. And with that, I would like to welcome John Davis to The Sky's the Limit. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. It's uh you know, I'm I'm fascinated as I learned more about you and we talk. You've got quite I love I love your your business name, your link, the corporate action hero. So yeah. That makes me think of an action figure. Well, well, the the idea was absolutely about you know taking present moment action and and of course leveraging my my background as a former fight director and stuntman and a comedy sword fighter. So having that background, you know you you have to embrace who you are and move forward. And so going into the corporate world, I embraced my my action hero lifestyle and took it into the corporate world as I uh, began speaking to them. Sort of like the two don't add up, you know what I mean? You've got corporate yeah, yeah, America I mean, and wall, balls of cubicles, and then you're an action hero, right? You're a stuntman. It, yeah, it, it seems like they wouldn't match up. But the interesting thing is is that all of the, the professional stuntmen and all of the fight directors and all the actors that I've known over the years have all been able to achieve great things in their life, and they've all done it with very simple processes, and, and they all have a mindset of, of achieving and succeeding in life. So by, able, by being able to leverage you know, really cool things like, you know, I do in my speeches, I use bullets and nunchucks and I use them as metaphor for how to achieve things in your life. And by, by using those things in a corporate environment, I set myself apart than the, the standard PowerPoint presentation speaker or anything of that nature. I'm actually a, a really fun interactive speaker. And so uh, what happens is in the room, I use the bullwhips in a, in a unique way. What I actually do is using uh, the techniques of changing your mindset. I bring someone from some of my audiences who have never even held a whip before, and I teach them to crack a whip in less than five minutes. And in less than ten minutes total, they will they will learn to crack the whip, and then they will also crack targets out of my hand. And it's an interesting thing because it's it's shifting their mind from their mm-hmm. fears and their self doubt 
into the process, into the mindset of achievement and success. And it's really interesting because in hundreds and hundreds of performances of that routine, I've never been hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really a very powerful uh, demonstration because it shows the, the audience that's in the room that they can achieve anything. That's amazing. So I have to ask, so what, how do you approach, I'm, I'm imagining initially a lot of fear comes up. Um, you know, you tell someone they're going to, you're going to teach them in a succinct amount of time how to crack this whip and then to hit a target that you're holding. Right, um, right. How, how do you, Absolutely. Yeah, how do you deal with the blocks that must automatically pop up? That, that is exactly the process that I have to go through. What happens is when you hold up a whip, people automatically have an idea of what a whip can do. You know, they think of pain, they think of danger, they think of, you know, you know this is going to be really a really bad idea <laughs> or things of that nature. And mm-hmm. what I do is I tell them to forget about that. And I ask them if they've ever been fishing. And I say, have you ever been fishing? And they say, oh, yeah, I've been fishing. I said, so what kind of thoughts come into your mind when you think of fishing? And they say, well, you know, serene, relaxed. And so I get them in the mindset of serene and relaxed. I said, so all I want you to do is I want you to pretend you're fishing. I said, show me how you cast your fishing rod. Well, the motion of casting a fishing rod is the exact same motion of cracking the bullet. And Uh by getting them in the mindset of fishing, then I just hand them their fishing rod, okay. <laughs> which, is actually, which is actually a bullet. And mm-hmm. because their mindset is shifted into relaxed and calm and that the, into a process that they already know. Most people, you know, most people, especially salespeople, they come in with this idea that, that you're going to come in and you're going to hit them with, a, with what you're trying to push them to buy or you know, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. But you, if you don't meet someone where they already are, then, then they can't comprehend it quickly. And so by meeting them with fishing, they already know that. They already understand that. And what happens is, is they go up there and we just talk about fishing. And the whole time they're talking about fishing, suddenly they go, crack, and they crack a whip. <laughs> and I explained to them, I said, you know, you've just taken the th- object in your hand and within six feet of space, you've broken the speed of sound. Because that's what makes a bullet crack, is it's actually breaking the speed of sound. The, little, the cracking sound that you hear is a miniature mm-hmm. sonic boom. And really? So, yeah, it's fascinating. Wow. And so then what happens is after they've cracked the whip a couple of times, we shift their mindset by saying, all right, you've cracked the whip. You already know how to crack a whip. So now I don't want you to think about cracking the whip. All I want you to do is... Just lift your, your fishing rod, and I want you to point right here. And I pull out a target, and I put it out to beside me. And I point in the center of the target. I said, all I want you to do is just cast your fishing rod, but I want you to keep looking right here. And what happens is they go crack, and the target gets broken. Um, really? Because they're not in the mindset of this can hurt. And if I see fear at that moment, the first thing I say to them is, don't worry, you're not going to hurt me. Because okay. the process of alleviating their fear is the first process that I have to go through to get them to achieve it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting. I've never had someone fail. And you, as always, I understand, you've never been hurt, correct? I've never been hurt. Never been hurt once. And wow. it's, it, it's really interesting because it's not about the skill set. It's about the mindset. If you can get your mind behind anything, you can achieve anything, you know. Napoleon Hill talks about, you know, think and grow rich or, you know, uh, Wallace Waddles is, you know, what you believe you'll achieve. And, but if you 
take it out of the, the business speakers and you drop it into the spiritual speakers. You know, Buddha says, what you think you become, you create your world. And mm-hmm. Krishna said, you are, you are the culmination of, my, of your thought. <laughs> and um, yeah. Jesus said, he that believeth, will, will, uh, nothing will be impossible to them. So mm-hmm. all of these thoughts are, are just universal truths in my mind. Hmm. I love it. I do. I love it because it's it's the same languaging. You're just um, sort of modifying it based on your environment and your audience. A- absolutely. You know, we're we're all here and we're all doing. We're all here in this world, this universe, uh, trying to live our lives, trying to achieve. And if if you're a spirit, uh, you know, profoundly spiritual person, you have that sort of reference. And if you're a you know corporate environment person who's not very spiritual, you have that sort of reference. But it's all the same principles, and it's all mm-hmm. the same technique. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, um, belief is the, is the key and, and the confidence in, in yourself. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. And mm-hmm. in spirituality, it's the same thing. If you can believe it, you will witness it. And so um, it's a matter of meeting people effectively where they are. And mm-hmm. if you can communicate in their language, that's the key. That communicate in the way that they talk. Okay. And yeah. then you can achieve. Okay. So with your travels and your journey, and you you were a stuntman, which is incredible, and then you went on to go to college and um, had a successful life, and then you morphed into a keynote speaker. When and why did you decide to do that? Well, it, it was very interesting because for me, um, I, you know, I went to college and I, I actually got a degree in architecture and then I never used it once. <laughs> I became a, a stuntman and a comedian and all those things. And it's funny now because I talk to people about, about my college thing. I said, well, you know, when I went to college uh, for architecture, we didn't even use computers then. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, you, you, they barely use a pencil. And, um, so, uh, so it was a very different thing for me. But when I when I started doing my the, the stunt work and and all that, I had a pro, I had a very interesting um, time because I had a dream in my my mind that I wanted to be a stuntman and a fight director and all these things. Mm-hmm. But when I was in my twenties, I mm-hmm. was helping a friend of mine who was a professional potter. Um, he was he was getting a van load of boxes of clay so he could make those pottery. And I was at his house helping him unload boxes of clay. And being the young guy and he being the older guy, I was up in the van bent over moving the boxes of clay. <laughs> and uh, about the third or fourth box in, I turned and my upper back separated from my lower back. And when I say separated from my lower back, I literally mean my upper back disconnected from my spine. Ooh. And and I ended up with excruciating pain. They ended up taking me to the hospital. They discovered that I had a condition called spina bifida occulta. Mm-hmm. And basically what that means is that three of the vertebrae right above my pelvis never formed properly at birth. And they were kind of shaky and just not really sitting well on top of each other. And by shifting my weight with this extra weight of the clay, I actually mm-hmm. twisted myself off. Um, and what happened was I ended up getting so, into a situation where my back was going out every month mm-hmm. for the next 10 years. And I had to, 
I had to change my mind about you know what I was going to achieve in life. You know, was I going to go off and be in a cubicle working on on you know, architectural drawings my entire life, or was I going to actually go for my dream and achieve my dream? And during that time, I decided flat out that I was going to achieve my dream. And okay. I shifted my mindset around it, and I became a stuntman and a flight director, and I did all the things I I wanted to do with my back in that condition. Well, after mm. years and years and years of successfully doing that, I was I was finding that as I'd finished my performances or whatever, people would start to gravitate to me, and I'd start to tell them the story and how they can change their own lives. And I found over a course of time that I got more um, reward for me personally um, from talking to the people than I did on the stage performing. Hmm. And so I wanted to take that message out. So I actually, I actually started first talking at metaphysical centers and spiritual centers around the country and discovered very quickly that, that when you speak at, at uh, spiritual centers and things of that nature, it's very rare that you can make a living doing that because in the spiritual world, they have a, an idea that people aren't allowed to be uh, charging for speaking or things of that nature. They think that it's not spiritual in that way. And so I had mm-hmm. a really hard time uh, speaking at spiritual centers and making a living, you know, without without actually being on the verge of homelessness. <laughs> um, and then I realized one day that the people who need to hear the message are not the people who are regularly studying spirituality or any of that nature. The people who need to hear this message are the people who don't hear it every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just stop preaching to the choir. And I shifted wow. myself into speaking for corporate America. And mm-hmm. what's interesting now is I finished my speeches in corporate America, and I have so many people come up to me after, after my speech that are like, oh, my God, you've changed my life. You've, you know, I was the person in the audience you were speaking directly to. <laughs> and it's interesting because I feel like I'm making a bigger impact on the world by speaking in the corporate environment. Wow, it's incredible. It really, truly is incredible what you've been able to achieve and um, overcome, you know, with your, like you said, your mindset. And with that, John, we're coming up to a quick break, so I'm going to ask that you and the listeners stay with us, and we'll be back momentarily. Thank you. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and I'm joined with my guest this week, John Davis. And before the break, we were talking about his keynote speaking and, um, you know, what led him to do that, his very, you know, rich career. I mean, from a stuntman to, you know, corporate, well, obtaining a degree in architecture and then becoming a college professor and now keynote speaking. So we're talking about that and um, I'd like to touch on something John said. It's something about um, mindset and it's the thought of I am moment. Can we talk about that, John? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm a firm believer that that if you're going to achieve anything, you have to achieve it in your present moment. And if you really think about, you know, if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, the Buddha said, um, dwell not in the past nor the future, but live wisely and earnestly in the present. And um, if you if you really break down the spiritual aspect of of um, the phrase, whatever you ask in God's name is granted, and then go back and look what Moses said God's name was after he talked to the burning bush. The burning bush said, I am that I am. And so mm-hmm. I, I am is a huge huge statement and it's it's a it's interesting because it's a present moment statement uh, mm-hmm. when i'm coaching when i'm coaching a client we are constantly looking at their i am statements and sometimes they don't use the words i am but their statements imply i am um, mm-hmm. so i remove i remove words from the vocabulary like wanting needing hope or trying because those are inactive present moment words we, we change them to enjoying creating you know uh, achieving your words mm-hmm. that are really very active in the present moment, and if you mm-hmm. don't shift, if you don't shift your mindset to I am doing this, then you're then you're actually just spinning your wheels in my mind. Right, because what you actually say, you actually are creating. Like I'm sick and tired. I'm so fed up. I'm, I'm, I don't have any money. You know, we can't right. afford that. We can't afford that. It's exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because one of the things that I did in my life to really affect change was I actually went out and I bought myself one of those little tiny digital voice recorders. And I, and I, those things record for 20 some odd hours and you just, you turn it on and I just stuck it in my pocket and I went about my day. And as I went about my day, I just had normal conversations, 20 hours of recording going on. At the end of the day, I went back and I kind of fast forwarded through the tape to see what exactly I said and it was mm-hmm. very enlightening to suddenly see you know how fat I was and how poor I was and how lonely I was and you know all these things and once I started shifting my my words and my language about mm-hmm. it because you know you know if you look at if you look at it, your words are a direct connection to your subconscious mind the words you use are are, are stating your belief at any any given interval of life mm-hmm. and if you can if you could, and that's the key to my coaching is talking, getting people talking, getting them having a normal conversation, so I can find out what they're actually saying about their life. And okay. once I find out what they're saying about their life, then I can alter those those, those thoughts. Um, and the way you alter those thoughts is to is to help them find those thoughts. You know, because you can't say, "Look, this is what you're doing," because 
they're being, you can't tell them what they're doing. You have to let them find what they're doing. And because it's much more profound for them and, and much more lasting change subconsciously if you can get them to find it. What would you say to somebody who might be listening who, you know, is successful, has climbed the ladder, um, maybe read some books, you know, doesn't really have any spiritual beliefs, um, and says, you know what, I'm fine, I'm just going through a slump. You know, well, sure, sure. The the first thing I would say is, I am fine. How's that feel? And uh, I am going through a swamp. How's that feel? (laughs) And I would find, you know, those are the the beliefs that they're saying right now. That they're just fine. Well, George Carlin used to make a joke about the word fine. He says, you know, it's he called it a soft kind of flabby word. It's fine, (laughs) you know. And and those words are have energy, have a power to them, and they. More importantly, they have a belief behind them because mm-hmm. it's, your, it's your belief that, that changes your life. And if they believe it's just fine, then they're actually in a place, in my opinion, in a place of stagnation. You know, mm-hmm. they're not moving mm-hmm. forward. And life is about momentum. Life is about, right. you know, motion. And I just read a wonderful article this morning on LinkedIn about the word, um, the end. Mm-hmm. Or the completion. And, you know, the word end has a very distinct, we are done. And mm-hmm. completion means, means that this aspect is done. Doesn't mean that it's finished. You know what I mean? So it, I, whole, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, very interesting article. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of, of what your words mean is very, very important because your, your words are stating your experience. And, you know, I've, I, um, your words, will, like I said before, will show your belief. I was working with a client one time, and we were talking about, about why she struggled in life. And the more we talked, it came out that her belief was, you can't get ahead unless you struggle. Mm-hmm. And by then having her find that, I said, so you believe growth is struggle? And she said, well, yes. Oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> she was blown away that that was her belief. And when she shifted her belief, everything came easier. Mm. You know, it's funny. That's what I was just going to ask you about that. So, you know, a lot of us are, we're taught, you know, the, well, to have a strong work ethic, right? Put your head down, sure. nose to the grindstone, work hard. And if it sure. isn't hard, it isn't worth it. And the truth is it doesn't have to be hard. So you just. It doesn't have to be hard at all. Hmm. You know, I, it's, it's funny. I, I, as a keynote speaker, I, I hmm. make more now than I've ever made in my life. Um, and I have more fun than I ever have in my life. And I feel like I have more effect than I ever have in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a keynote speaker, I, I travel the world. I'm, I'm all over the world. I'm, I'm at, you know, five-star resorts all the time and mm-hmm. eating the finest meals and I'm meeting some of the most amazing people. And, you know, I'm getting paid to be there. <laughs> you know? and That's awesome. It's, it's really an awesome lifestyle. I love my life. I love love my life. And it, it, it's not hard. You know, I, I look at every conversation with a, with a potential new client as, you know, finding out how best I can serve them and mm-hmm. you know, creating a new friend and working with them in partnership. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who would look at that same situation as, i got to make this sale and I have to, I have to uh, figure out a way to best manipulate them into buying. And right, right. I've got to do this for the month end quota. There, yeah, I've got to. Right, right. 
it, the intention of that is just is is manipulative and sort of Machiavellian if you really look at it. And mm-hmm. for me, it's it's not about it. If, if I can't serve them, I don't want to mm-hmm. work with them. You know, if mm-hmm. I can't bring something of value to them that really changes their experience, their business, their life, something, I don't want to work with them because it it doesn't feed me. Mm-hmm. You know. And and the reality of it is, if I went there and did not do something of value, then the word of mouth from them would would actually hurt my business. Right. Uh, so right. so do your best to help. And we're all here to help each other out. Let's all help each other out. And mm. so that's the that's the key to really enjoying your life is you know deciding what your values are and and living to your personal values and. I don't know. For me, I want to help as many people as I possibly can. And mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not of help, then I want to help them find the person who could be. And I have I have referred many other speakers to people because I thought they were a better fit. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Wow. So values. You're saying value. I mean, you're not really just uh, sticking to the material realm, right? Because I know a lot of people put value on the car, the house. Oh, no, no, that's not the kind of value we're talking about at all. Right. Um, I I was very fortunate. I I, I spoke with the Dwyer Group, and it's an amazing organization. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dwyer Group. Um, They own some of the largest franchises in the country. They own Mr. Rooter and and, and, Mm -hmm. um, a lot lot of different franchises. And Dean Dwyer Owens, who is the the chairman, um, CEO chairman of the Dwyer Group, she actually was on the television show, uh, undercover boss. And it's interesting because I went to their conference and I was there for, for three days and I got to speak to all the different groups and, and to the main group as well. And it was, it was fascinating to be there because I'd never, before I went there, I'd never heard of the group. And mm-hmm. when I got there, I was, I was really taken aback by their code of values. They have a code of values. They call it the, the rich code of values. And, you know, you think of the word rich, you think of, you know, wealth and prosperity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, rich, rich stands for respect, integrity, customer focus, and have fun. And nice. when you look at, at what all of those mean, it's all about, you know, doing good works in the world and doing well by others. And when in the evening after I had spoken, I, was, I found myself at the, at the hotel bar and I was talking to all the franchisees and I asked them, I said, so I'm curious, why did you choose to, to buy a franchise with the Dwyer group? And mm-hmm. 90% of the people that I talked to said, because of the code of values. Okay. They wanted to be good people. They wanted to do good things in the world. I think that we all want to do good things in the world. We all want to be a positive force. And mm-hmm. I think we sometimes get lost in the, in the negative stories. Um, right. I say to people all the time, I say, you know, when you're driving down the road to work, you, know, you probably passed a thousand cars or more on the way to work, and you saw one accident. And what's on the news tonight? The anomaly. Everybody else made the work just fine. Mm-hmm. So, so our world is predominantly positive. But, but it's the anomalies, the things that are, that are counter to the positives that, would, that stand out as different. And so mm-hmm. we must realize that our world is a positive place. I love that. That's that's so rich. It really is. You know, you can, um, you know, still be 
effective in the in this world and in your workplace, whatever your passion and mission is to do. And um, yeah, be grounded, you know, in integrity and beliefs that that will guide you and serve you. I, I love this because it's um, not airy fairy. You, you know, it's practical. Yeah, and if you look if you look at it, companies like Starbucks they they they're based on the fact that they're giving back to their employees. Apple, same thing. They're based on the fact that they're giving back. And mm-hmm. so then you look at people like Bill Gates and, and all those, and you discover that Bill Gates, if Bill Gates had not given away millions and millions and millions of dollars, he would, he would be the wealthiest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. But, he's the se- but he's the second wealthiest man hmm. because he's given so much away. Right. You know, yeah. So it, it's as a competitive thing, he could stop giving away and suddenly be the wealthiest man. But what's more important? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. It's, it's amazing. The Gates Foundation. If you ever look into that, it's amazing what they what they've been able to achieve. I've looked at it, and I'm sure you know it'd be nice to have some of the listeners go check it out as well. I'm sure after um, listening to our conversation. That'll be nice for them to go. And it looks like we're coming up on a break. So I'm going to ask that you stay with us, John, and the listeners, and we'll be back in a few moments. Thank you. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to Show at gmail.com. That's Show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag TheGiftIsTheShift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and I'm joined with my guest, John Davis. And um, I would like to ask John to go a bit further about keynote speaking and the process of achieving. So, John, if you can uh, delve into that, I know I'd be grateful. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I in my keynote speech, especially, I, I do a speech called the Corporate Action Hero Speech. It's also known as uh, be an action hero, not a reaction hero. Um, mm-hmm. But what's what's interesting about that is is there's a five step process that anybody has to go through to achieve. And it's if you look at it from different angles, it's also the same process that your customer has to go through for sales, 
It's also the same process that your student has to go through to get better grades. It's a process. So if you're working with someone, you're helping them through the same process. And as I said earlier, I do a thing with a, with a bullwhip, and it's the process I use on stage to help them achieve that in less than 10 minutes as well. So mm-hmm. the process starts out very simply and very easily with fearlessness. Um, the first of the five F's, as I call them. Uh, okay. Fearlessness. Um, fear, fear is an, an interesting animal because fear is what I would consider the opposite of love. And we have an, an experience in life where we are trying to achieve things in life. And most of our fears are based in the idea that people are not going to respect us, people are not going to love us. And so when I draw someone up from the audience and I put them in front of their peers, they're very afraid of messing up and looking bad. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I do is I alleviate their fear. Uh, when you're dealing with a customer, they're trying to be a, they're afraid that they're going to make a bad decision or, or you're trying to swindle them or something like that. So you're not respecting them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing you do is alleviate your fear and discover what your fear is. Now, Fear is very easy to discover because anytime you're in a negative state, you're in some kind of fear. People think that, you know, hate or, or, or that is, is an anger, you know, or, or fear, different states. There are actually various levels of fear. And if you look at your, the, your emotional state, if you're in a negative state, you're in some sort of fear. So if you can identify it and release it, that's the first step to achieving anything. Okay. Uh, so fearlessly, the second thing is this focus. You've got to decide on where you want to go. I one time asked my, my nine-year-old son, or he, at the time he was nine, I said, I put him on video and I said, hey, can you, how do you achieve your goals? And the first thing he says, well, you have to decide on what your goal is. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's so profound if you really think about it, because a lot of us, are, we, we want things, but we don't actually identify them and not only identify them, but really descriptively you know, visualize them. You want to really get focused on what it is you're trying to achieve and really set your target solidly. When we're dealing with the whip, I tell her to forget about anything else except for the point where she's casting her fishing rod or casting that whip. And so mm-hmm. she's not supposed to focus on anything else. So by, by focusing our goals, then we, then we have the opportunity to then put energy towards our goals. So you fearlessly focus. So there's so focus is the second of the F's. The next one's the biggie, and it's, it's, it's right in the middle. You know, there's five Fs, and this is the middle one, and it's faith, belief. Hmm. And, uh, in my life, my, my greatest teacher was my son, and as I said earlier, when he was six, we used to play a game with a Nerf crossbow. And a lot of people in the world have Nerf crossbows, and there's a lot of people who won't like to admit that they have Nerf crossbows because they don't want to feel bad. But, but Nerf crossbows are really cool toys. And... My son and I had a really cool game where one of us would sit on the couch in the living room, and the mm-hmm. goal was to shoot the side of the trash can through the kitchen door, oh, and the other person would stand halfway between the kitchen door and the couch with two Nerf swords, and our, our job was to flail them up and down so that the, the crossbow bolt couldn't make it through, and so we would get out there, and we would start doing that process, and, and you know, he would get up there, and he would flail it, and... I would, you know, I'd shoot the wall, or I'd shoot the ceiling, and I'd shoot him. I'd shoot anything but the trash can because, you know, he was six, and I wanted him to win. And um, so, you know, I was doing that. And then he'd go to shoot it, and I would get up there, and I would flail the, the swords, but I would not. I would leave the center open so it was wide open to the trash can. So he would hit it every time. 
Well, about the third or fourth time through, he started laughing really loud. And I, I turned to him and said, what's so funny? He said, Daddy, I, I know why you miss. And I, and I say, why? He says, because you don't believe you're going to hit it. Hmm. You have to believe. You have to have faith and confidence that you're going to hit it. You know, they talk in, 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 in the modern metaphysical world, they talk about the secret and all these things. They talk about, you know, visualizing it, but then, you know, believing you're, you're achieving it. If you don't put real belief and confidence behind the fact that you're doing it or achieving it, it can never happen. So you need to fearlessly focus with faith. Fearlessly mm-hmm. focus with faith. The next thing you have to do is, is follow through. You know, the world is, is based in thought, word, and deed. And if you don't do things towards your goal with the faith and confidence, then you're actually sitting still. I like to say that, that goals without action are just daydreams. And uh, so okay. you, have to, you have to literally, you know, act upon your beliefs and your faith. So, for instance, I wanted to become a keynote speaker. You know, I built my website. I started doing videos. I started doing all these different things so mm-hmm. that I could create more. And um, as I started creating more, I started getting much more um, inquiries from, from clients who wanted me to speak. So those actions are really reinforcement of your belief. I'm taking these actions because I believe it. So fearlessly focus with faith, follow through. Mm-hmm. Next one's flex- flexibility. Flexibility. Okay. There is, um, there's a process by which as we're going to, to achieve anything, there's always, always something that comes in that seems contrary to the goal. There's always something that seems like, oh, why did that happen? This isn't, well, it's holding that faith and that follow through during times of potential loss, you know, because if you stay on target and you stay on goal and you're just following through and something comes in that looks like it's going to sidetrack you and you just react to it and then go back mm-hmm. on course then what's going to happen is you're going to be able to remain flexible enough to go all the way through to the, to the end. And, you know, if you can continue through the 5F process and hold all of those things in place, in the end you will hold your goal in your hand because you will be able to follow through and get all those achievements. So the 5Fs are fearlessly focus with faith and follow through with flexibility. I love it. I love it. And then, of course, there's the magic sixth F that shows up at the end, which is fulfillment of the goal. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, I I, I just love them. I think they're 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 wonderful, and they all work together. And you know, leads me to so when you reach the sixth one, fulfillment, do you, how often do you have fear of failure come up once you've reached it? You know, people are afraid that it's going to go away. <laughs> That is a great, great question because, the, it, like we talked about earlier, is it an ending or is it is it the you know the, the moving on to the next goal? Life is motion, and so once you achieve that goal, you know if if you have to maintain that goal and then you have to um, continue that action, then yes, you have to continue the, the same process. The interesting thing is that once you've gone through the process, once you've achieved that first goal, the next one's easier. Because what happens is you suddenly have faith and confidence in the fact that you can achieve goals. Mm-hmm. Um, most, people, most people have a hard time with the first goal. It's the second goal and the third goal and the fourth goal that you know, are the simplest ones. If you 
look at people like, and I hate to even use his name, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But um, if you look at people like him, this man went was bankrupt and broke, and within a year he was back on top. And the only thing that that had to do with the fact that was the fact that he believed he could. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting. I, I I I know a lot of people. You know, really like what he says. I people often ask me, you know, about political things, and I don't like to talk about politics that much. But the only thing I would say about that is, I have a I have a son. He's the most important thing to me, and I vote along the lines of the world I want him to live in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want a world of equality, and I want a world of peace, and I want to. So I I vote along those lines. And if you think that that you're your Republican will get you there, great. If you think your, your Democrat will get you there, great. If you think your Independent will get you there, great. Vote along your values. Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, seems to be key, right? You have a moral compass, it use it. it. It is, absolutely. You know, and it's like, it's like when I was a flight director and a stuntman, it was really interesting that the, the, the world of being a stuntman, because it's one of the most cutthroat industries that you'll ever, ever see. Um, in the film industry, you know, it's it's hundreds of thousands of dollars a minute on a film set. So as they're filming a movie, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars each minute they're filming. And you'll have stuntmen who are there on the set and who have mm-hmm. spent, you know, a month learning how to do a stunt. But right behind the camera is two other stuntmen who learned how to do the stunt. Because... Hmm. If you get there and you mess up, they replace you instantly. And so th- that environment creates a whole bunch of backbiting, a whole bunch of mm-hmm. negative stuff. Whereas, you know, if you say right now as a, as a corporate speaker, I, you know, like I said, it's the best job I've ever had because I don't consider it a job. I consider it a life. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. live your life. Live your life in, with, with, the, with real, you know, values and real morals and and try to try to leave the world a better place than you came hmm. so you know can I, may I ask with all of this what are some of your spiritual beliefs you can touch I'm, on I'm, that I am I am very fortunate in the fact that my my mother had her master's degree in liturgy and you know she was the church organist at our Catholic church and well, and her degree led her to be a um, a uh, head of liturgical doctrine at our church, which basically meant that my my um, my mother was the person that the priest had to come to to approve sermons to go onto the onto the altar. So <laughs> she he would come to her and say, "Is this does this fit church doctrine?" And she would have to read it through to make sure it fit what the church believed before he said it. And really interesting. But what why I was so fortunate is that my mother never forced her religion down my throat. Mm-hmm. My mother always felt that it was a personal choice. And um, as I grew up through being a Catholic, and I did CCD and all the things of being a young Catholic boy, when I hit 18, she told me it was my choice. And one of the things that never sat well with me with Catholicism was how fear-based it was and how mm-hmm. we're constantly being inundated with, with fear-based things. And I, I mm-hmm. had a real belief and that belief sprung out of the fact that I believed that God was uh, a, was a loving entity, a loving being of some variety. Mm-hmm. And 
so I began studying all the other religions, and I, I found truth in all of them. And so right now I am what, what is being lovingly referred to as spiritual, not religious. Um, mm-hmm. But I have found such beautiful truth everywhere, and what I try to do is, as I find truth, I try to live truth. And so when I hear phrases like, you know, he who knows not kindness has no faith. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful statement. It was said by the Prophet Muhammad. And so, even you know, the Muslim faith has some beautiful, beautiful things. And then you look at, um, my, relig- uh, my religion is simple, my religion is kindness. That was the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. about his Buddhist faith. And so you find this, this element within all of these religions. And for me personally, you know, there's, there's ag- being an agnostic would be to be, you know, not committing to anything. Whereas mm-hmm. being spiritual, I believe that there is a spiritual energy in the world. And I think that science has proven that because you know, when you look at the atoms, you know, everything you see is made of energy. And right. it's our belief and our faith that, that brings to, to, to life mm-hmm. because that's what all of the, all of the religions say. You know, Buddhists say what you think you become, you create your world. And Gandhi, who's a Hindu, who's a Hindu said, um, be the change you want to see in the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. said, if you believe this, nothing will be impossible to Absolutely. Them. So it's all about your faith and your belief. Right. And like I said, you're a living example. Your life's unfolded. You've, you've uh, you know, transcended beyond um, diagnosis codes and everything else to uh, really live fully. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And your message is, is really rich. And now you're able to reach the masses. And many of the people you probably would work with, no offense, in, in an architectural firm, you know, who, who are um, in a business mindset, working, collaborating. And uh, now, now you're able to reach them with this rich message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what beautiful. I find, what I find really interesting is in the corporate world, um, Spirituality, with the exception of Christianity, spirituality is sort of hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of companies that are very overtly Christian, but you don't necessarily run into the very overtly Muslim or the very overtly Buddhist. The very overtly, I mean, it's it's the companies that that are, you know, very overtly spiritual in some way are usually Christian, mm-hmm. um, but those who believe something else feel like they almost have to be in hiding about it. And that was one of my issues with my, my Catholicism was that, you know, if you, in, if you're not Catholic, you're wrong. Right. And, I mean, exactly. And, yeah. And the, if you really look at it from a historical perspective, that happened at the Nicene Council when Constantine convened that council. And they decided that Jesus was the Son of God as opposed to a, an amazing teacher. And... What most people don't realize is Constantine came to that council dressed as the pagan sun god and was a confirmed pagan until his deathbed when he recanted paganism. And so it's really an interesting statement because, because before and at that council, he put all of the Christian holidays on pagan holidays so that the transition would be easier for the pagans. So it's it's really mm. fascinating, really fascinating. But I think that I think that Jesus was an amazing teacher, and, and as was Muhammad, as was Buddha, as was 
uh, Swami Narayan, which was an amazing Hindu teacher from the 1700s, the uh, 11-year-old boy who reached enlightenment, and there's a book called the Vakanam Root, which is basically several teachers interviewing him. And it's an amazing, amazing um, writing because it talks about getting past your fears and moving forward. Hmm. Incredible. I just I love it, and like I said, now you're out. You're the corporate action hero. I love that. So you you um, also speak to it. Says you're the corporate action hero of customer service leadership and change. And we touched a little bit, I think, on some of them. And you know, I I think we really talked about change. Um, I wondered with all that if you could share, if you will, some of your success stories. With you sure. know, obviously keeping confidentiality confidentiality in mind. Sure, sure. Now, I, I, these principles that I talk about I, with leadership and sales, they're all based in the 5F principles. Because um, the 5F principles to me are, you know, are the motion. They're, they're, that is the ways that we achieve anything. And if I, want my, if I want to be an effective leader, I have to understand that those are the processes that I have to go, go through. You know, in the leadership program, I talk to people all the time, and I, I ask them a simple question. I said, if two people are leaving on a trip, to the same destination, and one person leaves two hours before the other, is the person who left two hours earlier better than the person who hasn't left yet? Hmm. And they all go, well, well, no, of course not. Well, yeah, absolutely not. I said, the reality of it is the leader left two hours earlier, and he has more responsibility to make sure that the people coming up behind know what the pitfalls and challenges are along the route. And so they're equal. Just one of them has different information. And an effective leader treats their, their people as equals and shows that, knows that they each have a very important part and role to play and does their part to give them the best information to go to the next level. So, and the way he does mm-hmm. that is through the five Fs, you know, alleviate their fears, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, fearlessly focus with faith, focus them on a vision, get, get them confident behind the vision. Um, and then, give them actionable steps they can follow through on, and then remain flexible and things shift. And that's the same exact process. And it's the same thing for sales. When you're dealing with a customer, you're, you're alleviating their fears, and same, same exact process. But the interesting thing is some of my, some of my uh, best successes came when I, when I directed theme parks. Um, I became known in the theme park industry as the guy who you would bring in when the park was failing. They would bring me in when they were on the verge of bankruptcy. And what happened was by me coming in and instituting these programs and, you know, being a leader in the trenches, as, as I like to say, uh, I've seen growth of up to 60% over their highest years in six months' time. And it, it's never about, it's, it's never about what, what, you know, the leader did or I did. It's, it's about, streamlining and releasing the anchors that are holding back the success. And mm-hmm. those anchors are always based in the fears. Wow. Mm, once, and yeah, once you get, can start to peel away the layers, you can really start to jump and live, move and live in all of that, right? Call it all in. Right, right. And, and, mm. and you know, pre- present moment action. And if you want to look at it from, once again, from a spiritual perspective, um, the word amen, most people don't know what it actually means, but it means so be it. It does not mean so will it be or so it was. It means so be it. It means right here, right now, action, 
And so if you look at it in the business model, you know, you have to get up and, and do something right now. I, I like to say you can't go to the store next Thursday right now. You can mm-hmm. only go to the store right now. Right. You know, when next Thursday mm-hmm. is here, you'll be doing it right now because it's your present exactly. moment. So exactly. when is now a good time to actually take an action? Hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's a lot. I love it. At, uh, you know, always be present, right? Be in the moment. Always be present. Be always in the be moment. Present. And, yeah. and respond in a way that you would like to be responded to. So in other words, if I'm in the moment and uh, you know, somebody is doing me wrong, they're doing me wrong out of fear. So the best thing I can do is love them in that moment. Well, yeah. Forgiveness and, is key. You, Absolutely. Yeah, and you will, you, will, you will witness amazing things if you can do that. I, use, I, uh, I cannot tell you how many times I've sat in a restaurant with people and they had a bad mood and had a bad meal. And I, and I treated my waitress with love and respect and had one of the greatest meals I've ever had mm-hmm. at the same table. So wow. the person across from me having a bad experience, the person, you know, I'm having a great experience, but it's both in the way we're treating the person who's serving us. Mm-hmm. We're coming up to a close, John, the, the time always flies by when we're engulfed in conversation, immersed. I love it. And um, is there one takeaway that you'd like to share with the listeners from today's conversation? Yeah. The, the one takeaway I would, I would say is this. There is nothing that you can't achieve. And I have proven it over and over and over again. And all you have to do is put yourself in the mindset of believing it and take actions towards it. Your thoughts, words, and deeds, if you put them in place and just believe it all the way through to the end, you will hold whatever goal you want to achieve in your hand. Nice. I love it. It's so true. I love that. Thank you. And your website, if people want to reach you, is... Uh, CorporateActionHero.com. Got it. Thank you. And um, one, like I said, you, you really, it's been a wonderful hour with you. I've learned a lot, and uh, I hope the listeners have as well. I want to thank you, the listeners, and I'll see everyone next week on The Sky's the Limit. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.